good night, good evening, good day, good afternoon, wherever you are, this is Unleashed Unapologetically. And with me this evening, I have Margaret O'Connor. She is an author who devotes herself to help women change their individual faith lives and spirituality in a positive way. She will help you understand women and their past roles in the Catholic Church of past history. Margaret is here with us tonight and she is going to guide us to understand what was natural when we were growing up or even now, what are natural, what is still kept hidden from us. And through what she will be sharing with us, we'll get to learn much more than we ever thought. So Margaret, welcome to the platform. How are you? Oh, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Yes, yes, and it's the first day of the new year. How are you holding on for the first day? Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. We all, of course, are, are hoping that this definitely will be a um, better year and that uh, this awful virus will get under control. Yes, 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 absolutely. So, Margaret. Tell us about your book and tell us what got you started in the journey of the research. Yes, my book is called Scandal in the Shadows, The Original Priest, Mother Mary. And mm. I know for your listeners, that is shocking to hear, but I want everyone to realize this comes from factual research, from biblical research. And I'm basically on a mission to start a worldwide conversation, obviously uh, here in the U.S., but as well worldwide. There are so many everyday Catholics, including myself, before I found this information out. We have absolutely no idea that within the Catholic Church's early past history, women indeed were not only women priests, they were women bishops, women deacons, women teachers. But the most special uh, information that I found was Mary, mother of God. Jesus' own mother herself was a woman priest. She was called Mary Priest. And her title was the model for all priesthood in the Catholic Church. Uh, priests would be praying to her for their success. Mm-hmm. And since the time I was little, I grew up in the 50s, whenever I broached the subject of, you know, were there women priests? It was like definite. There mm-hmm. never were women priests. So personally, when I found this, this was really gave me the uh, impetus to write this book because I came to the realization that I had been lied to. Mm. My own trust had been betrayed. And as well, that's for any other Catholic woman. Mm-hmm. That you're told that there never were women priests. And more importantly, if you as well have a call from Jesus that you want to serve as a woman priest, Well, that just can't happen if you are a woman in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And this is something which is, it's not only completely unfair, um, I will get into it, how it involves an awful 
uh, calculated uh, cover-up. Right. So I know um, in the Christian world, we have women who are pastors or deacons and all that. Um, is there a reason in the Catholic world that you know women cannot be priests, or are there is there any change? Um, the main contention from the the hierarchy of the Catholic Church is Jesus had chose the twelve male apostles to represent the twelve tribes of Israel. And it was believed because he specifically chose 12 men at that time that that meant that, look it, from here on out, woman, uh, I don't want any woman to be priest, you know, to have any religious roles like that. And they've done research. And in fact, there are five, five specific points that the church contends uh, uh, have a biblical base behind them why explicitly women can't be priests. And the first one is is that it was believed that women were never made in the image of God. Mm. And the men at that time, they were coming from the context of they did have dominion over women. They had authority over women. And well, how could this be? How could these women, you know, be made in the uh, image of God? We're men, we're in charge. It's been proven this uh, obviously was uh, cultural prejudice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then there's the second point about Eve's sin, that women were believed to carry the punishment for that. And you go back into Genesis, and again, it's cultural prejudice. Mm -hmm. Also, there was um, 1 Timothy 2.12 or uh, 1 Corinthians 14 verses 3435 and they're saying that Paul said that women couldn't teach in the church again it's cultural prejudice they believe it or not they had a common law that said woman because of their feeble intellect and their emotional instability could not teach out in public and isn't it something that the uh, prevalence of this was, of course, more prevalent? Mm. <laughs> the condition, you know, was more prevalent among women than men. Mm-hmm. And here again, they just couldn't see back then. Ooh, how could we have a woman out there in public, you know, uh, when she had these uh, obvious uh, deficits? Then there was the belief that, you know, Jesus again had explicitly uh, chose only 12 men as apostles. But when they did cultural research, you have to realize back in the time of Jesus Christ in ancient Israel, that society, it was purely patristic in nature. And uh, Jesus knew, I mean, woman, if him picking 12 women, he would have been thrown off the cliff too, (laughs) Uh, seriously. But, um, and then the last one, that Jesus was a male. So in other words, at the consecration of the Eucharist, you have to have a male up on the altar. But what I'm trying to say is these five points were said, they were all biblically based when in fact, it's all cultural prejudice. So then my question is today to the current hierarchy of the Catholic Church, knowing 
that these five items are all based on cultural prejudice as opposed to, you know, being biblically based, why hasn't the hierarchy changed anything? You know, they have just kept that status quo. Um, so there, that's a form of deceit as I see it, you know, a cover-up. That should be changed. Margaret, um, thank you for elaborating on um, what you know. Um, but if you know it and you have done the research and it does exist, you know, for, for, and others know about it, you know, what, why is it so hard just, you know, for the Catholic Church to allow women to be free? Why is it so hard for them to? give that role to women you are in a church and i'm pretty sure you have great functions in the church as well that you do so why is it possible for you to do the function you are doing in the church but they cannot recognize if you were to become a priest for you to be a female priest uh because again they're going back to believing that jesus chose only those 12 men so, in other words, in the eyes of the, the hierarchy, they see this not, as not even a current issue. There's nothing to like debate. And as such, they, they've told the, the laity, this is how it is, there never were women priests. And then you have people like myself and other women out there picketing, you know, for women priests. And the general laity, the everyday Catholic, see us and unfortunately they see us like heretics uh like you know how dare you you know you're lying to us you know get out of the church uh very few will come afterwards and question me and then it's nice i get into a discussion you know tell them where they can you know get these other books and a check on things uh but so many um it, it's like going against the cement law law a wall Mm -hmm. he won't step back at all to even think momentarily well maybe you know maybe what she's saying there's some credence to it so until the general population of everyday catholics make the hierarchy of our church accountable for what they aren't doing nothing will ever change and they literally are in the driver's seat because they're not hounded by the press mm-hmm. and then there's too few people like myself currently um, that are out there we, we do need to change that you know the numbers <laughs> mm-hmm. to definitely mm-hmm. change and it is it is a learning process mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> with you and other women like you who have been in researching to get the information and the facts. Where are you finding your facts besides the Bible? Um, those books where you are getting the information, are they historical books or are they um, part of like, uh, books as well that also have information? So the audience, people who are listening, who want to know more, they can know and you know actually read those books and dissect through them too have a better understanding of why certain things are happening in 
Sure. Uh, Gary Macy, um, he had a book out, The Hidden History of Women's Ordination, um, a priest, you know, in the Catholic Church. And he said the first 1,200 years of, of Christianity, women were ordained. And he said, that surprised me. Well, just as it surprised him, it really surprised me. But he basically said that uh, how this history has just been hidden and um, so buried that, you know, not much is left. But what is there, uh, I call it more like a trail. There was a Pope Gelasis back in 496 and he wrote to the bishops and he told them he was very upset that there were women up on the altar at the consecration uh you know giving out communion and that they are not to be up on that altar and they're doing uh tasks uh, imputed only for the male sex but by him speaking out and actually writing those letters it gives credence that women were in these positions you know obviously because why would he have to write the letters initially if women weren't doing this role like uh, as as priests and then you actually had canon lawyers as well um that were very upset if you go back uh that's in the early history of the church the early church fathers as well were very uh prejudicial to women and believe it or not, back in Rome, of course, they had the big power then, uh, you know, the land, the, the troops, and mm -hmm. they had obviously their own civil laws. Well, what happened was the Roman speaking theologians, they mm -hmm. actually incorporated some of the Roman law into church law. And this John Winsgard uh, had this book out uh, the ordination of women in the Catholic Church. And it, it was sickening when you think of it, how they shaped this Roman law into church law. Well, women, let's face it, for the most part, unless women really had resources, they were looked upon as nothing. Mm -hmm. So they already had a few strikes against them. So then you take a law that's prejudicial against them and you shape it into church law. Well, what I'm trying to say is the view of men were already, in a sense, in one slant against women. So then when they're formulating laws in the church, it's like a carryover, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And uh, that happened, you know, way back in the early church, and you actually had canon lawyers, and they saw women as basically, they were the ones that, uh, were the evil ones tempting the, the priest. Mm -hmm. And they, they were not only prostitutes and harlots, they were she-wolves and they were night owls. And mm -hmm. you name it, they were it. I mm -hmm. mean, it's it. But they also looked upon women not only as inferior, but unclean. Mm -hmm. And they had some awful fetish or some belief about um, a woman's menstrual period. And they were just so upset that Jesus had to go through and come out covered in his mother's blood. Well, hello, I mean, that's his mother's blood, but they just made stuff like this so disgusting. 
And this one Peter Damien, he basically was relating if um, a woman's menstrual blood was out, a dog would go wild, your crops would wither. Uh, if you had silverware in the house, uh, it would tarnish, uh, your mirrors would crack. I mean, it was just unbelievable. But it gives you some insight on how um, I call it twisted. You know, these men's views were towards lady, ladies. They're inferior, they're unclean, they're not made in the image of God. So in other words, the long and the short of it is they then have no right to mm -hmm. be uh, in priestly positions. As I'm listening to you, um, Margaret, um, what came to mind right now is this question. Um, even in this society that we are living now, we are facing discrimination in all sorts of ways. Women have always been um, belittled by men, seen in a different way because men always feel like they have the power to control everything. You know, they have to have to be the, the, the executive in all companies and all the corporate businesses. They also have to be the leaders in everything that they do. And if a woman happens to take the lead, then, you know, she is a top person. Now it's an offense to them. So what exactly has changed, you know, or has not changed? Because to me, um, it doesn't seem to me that anything has really changed, you know, from before Jesus or after Jesus to where we are now, you know? And if we are going in the church and what I'm getting at is why you you can still pray for people in Catholic church as a female, but yet you cannot stand on the altar to, you know, give the Eucharist or, you know, you cannot perform and the same thing that the priest will perform. I mean, yes, maybe we, they're gonna say because back in the days, or Jesus has chosen twelve disciples to go across um, the countries and you know Jerusalem mm -hmm. or preach and all that. But we were always ministers as females. We were always pray, you know, people who believe in praying and right. in prayers and standing up for for everything and guarding everything. So we always had the power, regardless of whether our blood was pure or not. So <laughs> how can we change, you know, that system um, pretty much in the Catholic church that we are in? What can we, what can women nowadays do to talk to the, you know, to bring it to the Vatican or to talk to the Pope and let it be heard just so everybody can know the real story and people can start sinning for the women. Well, at first, it, it still resides with the fact of women's uh, inequality, which you just said in our church. And our present Pope Francis, this was really shocking back in 2010 when he was still a Cardinal, he had a book out on heaven and earth. And he said that basically women achieved all their uh, feminine like goals uh, back when women received the right to suffrage. 1920, you mean from 1920, uh, women have no concerns regarding uh, specific issues, but seriously, take it out of the public arena, 
and bring that thought into the Catholic Church. Today, women's inequality is not even on the radar of the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. And that right there says it all. They do not see the issue of women's inequality as even an issue. And I'm hoping that by you know bringing out, like having a discussion like this, I want the everyday Catholic to feel that awful betrayal of trust because I'm hoping that's going to motivate them to, as I said earlier, make the hierarchy accountable for what they are not doing. Uh, in the Catholic Church, like uh, we're baptized just like the baby boys. We both um, are baptized, we receive communion, we receive confirmation. But after that point for a woman, that's it. That's it. Wow. Your spirituality, it doesn't, I mean, in, in fully like being a woman priest, it, it can never be achieved. Mm. And why is it that the men, they have this religious heritage. Like if you grow up as a little boy in the Catholic Church, well, obviously you see priests, male priests on the altar. And like say the Catholic families, uh, it used to be, of course, there were a lot more priests then, but say in an Irish family, uh, maybe Sean uh, in one generation was a priest. Uh, maybe Christopher was a bishop and um, maybe uh, Joseph was a cardinal. But you would have like that religious heritage within your family. Well, what about for the a woman? We have completely lost that type of a religious heritage of having like um, a, a, a sister in our family, like become, you know, uh, would have become a woman priest if they could, or a bishop or whatever. That's totally lost. And then people will say, well, you have Mary. Yes, we had Mary, mother of God, but we never realized, which I think is pretty exciting today, that she had this completely other side to her. Mm -hmm. And why should we be upset that Mary was a woman priest? Mm -hmm. Mary, I think she was really like an everyday woman. Um, there was this one uh, religious sister, uh, Sister Elizabeth Mavrilink's name eludes me, but I have it in the back of my addendum, her listing of her book. And it was true, if you looked at art, like back in the 17th century, Mary a lot of times was portrayed uh, almost like a model. She had uh, blonde uh, hair, she had blue eyes. But if you think of where Mary grew up, she shouldn't have blonde hair at all. She should have darker. She should have like a Semitic features, obviously, to or the particular region that she grew up. And what would she have done every day as a woman? If she wasn't rich, she would have had to walk to uh, bring the water back. She would have had to do heavy lifting. And I think it, um, it really helps people, um, I think, you can relate more to Mary then instead of her being so perfect, where before we did see her, you know, as a, as a model for us, but she was someone that was just so perfect. But this way you get to see her 
that she was an everyday woman uh, doing everyday work and, you know, helping her family. And uh, then, of course, in her ministry, she was out there, uh, you know, ministering to uh, everyday people. And mm -hmm. we hear the story on the road to um, Emmaus, you know, Jesus meeting the, the two uh, men. Well, what about that same road? There were women that as well were doing their ministry on these roads. And I mean, the stories that we miss, um, mm. I, I think it would be so much more fulfilling to have a woman uh, being able to give a homily, you know, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. So my question now, now that we're getting deeper into this, <laughs> is, um, so what is the role of a nun? Are they, you know, just servants to just serve the poor, help yeah, the poor, and that really... I mean, it's it's awful. To me, it's always been like a slap in the face because especially now, the last uh, 10 years with the shortage of priests, the sisters all over the U.S. And, and as well worldwide, they're basically holding these churches together. You know, Are they, they have, do they study theology the same? Do they go to, you know, what? What well, are if their roles? Yeah, if they're a Vatican too, they could go and like study, you know. Okay. Um, but when I said it's like a slap in the face, they as well should be able to get get up on the altar and be a woman priest. Mm -hmm. And in the hospital, if someone is dying, they should be able to give last rites mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they can't do. Um, and I mean, it would just make sense because Let's face it, if you're a sister and a, particularly a chaplain, uh, I mean, it's just, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense in this day and age that you would have to call a priest in. I mean, after you've already been ministering to this person, mm, <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm, oh, hold mm -hmm. it, wait a minute, we gotta wait. You still uh, need to wait for a priest. You know, uh. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it just gets to a point that it, it's totally um, Well, Margaret, thank you so much for, you know, bringing light to many of us who are listening. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I was born in Catholic, I think that's what my parents says, but I was not raised in Catholic. So I grew up in Pentecostal. So all my life, I know Pentecostal. I know, you know, I've seen women who are pastors. I still, uh, women who are, you know, um, in the church, taking big roles in the church. My grandmother had a big role in the church when I was growing up. My aunts, I had two aunts who are who were pastors because they passed away, so they were pastors. So I've always seen, you know, that where, you know, as women, they have that role where they preach in the church, they go into ministry, they go in missions, they go and, you know, preach the words of God and all that. And to to now to hear that you know the Catholic um, sector does not e allow women to go to that level, you know, of be, even to become priestess and you know to do the same work that you know a priest would do in church. I mean, I think that's something that 
women who really wants to take that role in Catholic Church need to meet in and connect, you know, and voice themselves and present the situation. I mean, we may not know all the facts, but if those story, you know, everything that is shared are what really happened in the past then why not bring it back why not bring it to the story just so women nowadays can see it and can live through it and even be part of that change because it's all about change and you know when we are empowering um our platforms and people around us we want everybody to be part of that change and by learning what we did not know before by hearing you telling us about the things that we did not know i'm pretty sure it's a step toward you know building that or creating that change that we want so much so much you know to help others you know make the steps and say hey you know what we need to see more females standing up and bringing, you know, <laughs> the same thing that a priest bring into church. You know, it's unfortunate that we have to live in a, a life for a world where we still not seen for who we are, for the power that we have within us, you know, because um, we are a powerful being, us women. And it would have been great that, you know, um, the Catholic church, is able to see it as well and start taking us for what we are and who we are anything you want to add to that before we wrap up uh yes i do have a petition in my website yourradicaltruth.com yourradicaltruth.com and i just would like you it's your conscience you know to look over the points if it makes sense i'd really appreciate your signature, uh, Mary Mother of God's title, was taken away in 1927, which isn't that far away, considering 2,000 years of church history mm -hmm. for us. And uh, as well, the issue of woman's equality. Uh, you don't have to be Catholic. You can be any type of a Christian. Uh, men, too. If you believe women should be uh, at least equal within their own church and that it's mm -hmm. disrespectful, calling Mary, uh, relating her as an object when they took the title away. Mm -hmm. it's, it's good that we put this issue to sleep. sleep. Mm -hmm. it's, it's good that uh, um, we no longer do this, and then they're referring to her as a question. Uh, this is just total disrespect for uh, Mary, and I'm mm -hmm. hoping I want uh, Pope Francis to bring back that title for mm -hmm. Mary, Mother of God. Mm -hmm. And again if um for the younger generation the millennials yes there is hope and please come aboard go to yourradicaltruth.com to see find out more information and there are so many catholic groups huge uh, mm -hmm. church call to action roman catholic woman priest uh, mm. women's ordination so there is a part for any catholic that you know is not sure what they should do um your voice means everything. And finally, Jesus, or the Vatican II said, the people of God, uh, we are the people of God. And that might sound like pie in the sky words, considering everything that's happening. Um, but you can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And back mm -hmm. in 1976, the Pontifical Biblical Commissions, the Pope Commission said there's no reason at all why women can't
can't be priests. Mm-hmm. And they have sat on that two years before that, 1974. There was another commission, this time studying that priest, but woman deacons. Mm. And they have sat on that. Um, we need your help. So let, let I hope the Catholics worldwide. Uh, and, and one other thing, Vatican II said, if the issue is of great importance, the laity can speak out. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing nothing wrong, and you as well would be doing nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Margaret, for sharing this. It is valued. Um, ladies and gents, for listening, um, go to Thank the website. So Absolutely. We'll put the link for you just so you could go and support as much as you can. Remember, your voice matter in any way. Um, you could read the petition, support, um, reach out to Margaret if you want to know more, just so you could voice yourself, do so, but you matter. And this is the time to start standing up and being forefront and not being pushed down, us women especially. So here we are, we have the opportunity to start on the first day of the 365 that we have of the year 2021 to start. So start today, start now. It was unleashed unapologetically. Until then, have a good day, good night, good afternoon. Bye, everyone.